Amen. Well, uh, we're talking about malfunction junction. Anybody know where that is? Anybody been there? Uh, it's, it's that spot where 26 and 240 and 40 meet. A lot of cities have malfunction junction areas. Um, yesterday, I had the wonderful privilege of driving up from the south side of town, Interstate 26, um, as I was headed home after running a couple of errands. And I'm really beginning to wonder if there is actually a curse on Interstate 26. Because just for no apparent reason, traffic will come to a standstill, and then it'll clear up and move on. And you're, and you're looking around like, is this like, did a butterfly flap its wings in Japan? Is that, is that what's going on here? What, what just happened here? And several times driving up 26, um, we, we just would come to a stop completely and then, and then for no reason at all. And then we'd, we'd move back uh, forward moving. And it took forever to, to make it up 26. And I know that that intersection, no matter what direction you're going, there are times where at Malfunction Junction, uh, there's traffic jams, there's frustrations, there's your schedule can get knocked out of whack. Uh, occasionally accidents can happen. Occasionally you can lose your salvation. Um, that sort of thing can take place there. And, and the, the concept that, that we're on for these couple of weeks is about this idea. Everyone encounters malfunction junctions in their life at certain seasons, certain chapters, certain places in their world where you have this sense of, I'm stuck. Uh, I, I, I know something needs to adjust. Uh, I've been on this level for too long, and I've been stuck in this malfunction junction. And in your heart of hearts, you know there's more for you. There, there's better for you. There's different for you. God has something more in store for your life. And so the, what we're looking at is Abraham and his nephew Lot in Genesis 12 and 13. And I started this last week, and I just want to take a moment and review a couple of the ideas that I talked about last week. The first one is this, is that you have to learn, if you're going to navigate your malfunction junctions, you've got to avoid destination disease. Destination disease is the belief that if we just arrive somewhere, uh, attain some position we want, accomplish a goal that we have in mind, have a relationship with the right person, that's when we'll be successful. And the idea is it's always over there. It's never right here. And what I want to point out to us is to realize that you don't have to wait till you get over there to be happy. You don't have to wait till you get over there to walk in peace. You don't have to wait till you get over there uh, to walk in God's blessing. And realize that the will of God, the blessing of God, can rest on you right now. Even while you're on the way to there, uh, it, there's still a touch from heaven that could be on your life. Don't keep postponing uh, the blessing of God. So Genesis 13, 2 says now. Everybody say now. 
Now, in the midst of his journey, in one of his stages, Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Even though he's going somewhere, he's not there yet. He's still walking in the blessing of God now. The second idea is this. What you associate with will become yours. And so the Bible gives us this idea, Genesis 13, uh, 1, 2, and 5. Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev. He and his wife and all that belonged to him, Lot, went with him. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And then verse 5 says, Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So the understanding is this. Lot had flocks and herds and tents. Lot had cattle. Lot was blessed because of his association with Abraham, who was blessed. And if you can get this idea, if you find what God is blessing and you find who God is blessing and associate with them, their blessing will flow onto you. Their anointing will flow onto you. If you want to have a good marriage, hang around people that have good marriages. Thank you for shouting me down, second service. If, 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 you, if you want to have a vibrant, alive, full of faith walk with God, then hang around people that have a vibrant, alive, full of faith walk with God. What, what you associate with will become yours. And we always go to the negative on that, you know, it's like hang around with cynical, you get cynical, and that's true. But, but I'm, I, wanna, I want you to take it to the positive. Find people who have what you want and get around them and watch this thing, this intangible that even seems to be on their life get on you. So today I want to talk about this idea. Third concept of how to, mal, how to navigate your mal, malfunction junctions is this. You got to make room. Everybody say make room. You got to make room for the next level. You got to make room for growth to happen in your life. So I want us to um, go to this passage and, uh, and, and see this story. So Abraham and Lot are traveling together. They're very, very blessed as they travel together. And the story, we're going to pick it up in Genesis 13, 6. The land could not sustain them while they were dwelling together, for their possessions were so great, they were not able to remain together. That's blessed. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling then in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife, no fighting, no arguing, no anger between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. Mm. 
How many nights do you think Abram was up late praying, thinking, asking Sarah, how do I say this right? God, help me. How do I do this? Please separate from me. Jonah, get off my boat. (laughs) That was a nervous laughter. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, then I'll go to the left. So Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord (laughs) poured out fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. It was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zoar. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tents as far as Sodom. Abram hits this realization. In order for the next chapter to be written, in order to move it to the next level, in order to unstop this malfunction junction, we got to make some changes up in here. And I'm going to suggest that for you, there are going to come seasons, and you may be in one right now, where you're going to have to realize some changes need to happen up in here, or I'm going to get stuck here forever. He says to, he says to Lot, you choose whichever way you want to go, and I'll go the other direction. You choose right, I'll choose left. You choose left, I'll choose right. Doesn't matter. He said, he's saying to, to Lot, there's no use in us staying here together and fighting. This, this is not helping you. This is not helping me. If we can't prosper together, let's prosper apart. Because there's enough in God for me to go to the right and be blessed and you to go to the left and be blessed. I want to say to you, don't ever hang on to people who don't want to be in your life. Now, I'm going to back up and qualify just a little bit. You're married. You said, I do. You're done. Work it out. Amen. Now, I'm not... Again, I'm not going to try to qualify all over. If you're, if you're being abused, that's, that's a different thing. But let me just say, let's remove that equation, that part of it, for just a moment, because that's sticky and can be tricky for people. There's people who, they don't love being with you. They're fighting you all the time. It's okay to say, 
If look, if you don't like me and the way I'm going, please separate from me. I remember when our church was just beginning. We had maybe had a hundred people in our church, and uh, and when there were two particular families that had a different idea about the direction that our church should be going. And they fought Suzette and I tooth and nail over almost anything, everything. You name it, the music was too loud, we need a this, we need a that, we need a not do this. And so finally, I just, you know, I talked a couple times with them. Finally, just had to sit them down and go, listen, you don't like the vision God has entrusted to Suzette and I. That's okay. It's not the only vision in the world. But it is the vision God has given to us. And it is the direction our church is going to go. Either learn to love it, or please separate from me, because you're not happy and I'm not happy, and there is no use in us fighting. So either start liking it or find some place that you like. I've only had to do that way back. I haven't done it. I'm thinking about some of you today, though, maybe, but uh, no, I'm only kidding. You know, I used to, when you're a pastor, you get attached to people. You, you, you really, you do. You care about what's happening in their life, and and occasionally people who have sworn their allegiance to you are, are going to move on. They're going to get off the bus. And I remember early on, I used to try to talk people into not leaving our church. And I realized if you can leave, then leave. It's okay. It's okay. Find a place where you can be happy. My turn for trying to make you happy is over. And let somebody else do that now. And I just want to say to you that there are some people who are holding on to situations because they don't want the tension that comes about from saying, we got to make some changes. And they're stuck at a malfunction junction. Now, one thing I realize about Abraham that I think helps him make this kind of decision is that Abraham realized there's plenty to go around. That the God I serve is named El Shaddai. He's the God who's more than enough. He's a God of abundance. And when you get a revelation that God is a God of abundance and that God is a God of generosity and that, look, you go right, I'll go left, I'll be blessed. You go left, I'll go right, I'll be blessed because in God, there's more than enough. We can both be blessed. When you get that revelation, it does help you go a little further to where you can finally go, okay, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to move on. I'm going to unlock this malfunction junction. Abraham chose to defer. We are living in an angry day. People are not so keen on deferring. 
We just had a political rally last week in our, in our city, our fair city. And I'm not advocating one candidate or another. I am advocating that you pray. I mean, I am advocating that you vote. Amen. But so ugly, so angry, spitting and spitting on a person, yelling, obscenities, punching, the whole bit, and it's not just our fair city, it's people are mad, people are angry, and the idea of saying, you know what, you want to be stupid, be stupid, but I'm not going to fight you about it. I'm not going to spit on you. Abraham, Abraham could defer. He wasn't, he wasn't fighting for his opinion to be heard. Anybody hear what I'm saying? I mean, Jesus taught us very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount. Somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek, and just... Walk on down the road. He's on down the road. Come on. Don't stand there and fight. Walk away. Defer. We, early uh, in the life of our church a few years back, I would say, we, we started a, a kind of a, a second location, another location for our church. And um, I remember when we started that location, it, it was born out of the fact that we had about 35 people driving a pretty decent distance to get to our church, and we thought maybe we could just start a satellite, uh, another location in, uh, in 45 minutes or an hour away is where this was, and so we started this thing up, and it had 35 people to start with, but in like in six months, it grew to 150 people, like it just really flourished, and it was a small community, so I mean, that was a good-sized church in, in that community. It was growing. Well, as we got to that point, six months down the road, 150 people, the guy that was on staff says to me, uh, God is telling me, the Lord told me. I mean, you know, that's the trump card, right? The Lord told me uh, this is supposed to be my church. And I'm like, time out. You know, this, that's not what this is about. Uh, let's, let's see if we can work this out. And three months, four months, six months, the herdsmen of Lot and Abram were quarreling. They're fighting. And this very passage is what God used to give me direction to say, look, you want to go right? I'll go left. Because I, I could have just said, no, this is our thing. And then body parts would have been everywhere. Or I could go, here, you take it, because God's still going to bless us. God's still going to take care of us. I'm saying to you, there are things at some points in your life to unlock malfunction junction, you are going to have to realize that you might need to defer 
and walk away and let God bless you rather than keep living in constant tension. And, and I, now, I'm, I'm as aware of it. I've, I've had to go through more of these than I ever cared to. I've done enough in my lifetime. I should not have to do any more. So don't cause any problems. But let me say, it's hard. It's hard to make the changes. Whether that change is separating from a person, whether that change is changing the way you eat, changing your lifestyle, changing the way you spend your money, changing a job. It's hard to make those changes, and I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's hard to make the breathing space to make the change, to unlock the malfunction junction. But I'm just going to remind us today that there is the pain of changing, but there's also the pain of not changing. There, every, no one escapes paying the price of life. You either pay the price up front and get the reward, or you avoid the price to the end because you didn't make the change. And making this move, I'm sure it was difficult for Abram to go to, to nephew Lot. And it is just, I'm sure he's wondering, well, what's, what's going to be the kickback on this one? And it may be that you are in a season where you know, and, and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to speak to us. It may need a change in your schedule, the way you do things. It may be time for you to actually quit making excuses and actually have a prayer life, like start one that's real, that's alive. It may be time to start an exercise or a diet or a something. It, it may be it's, it's just time to change who you hang with. And the, the tension that is involved in this is pretty significant. But I want to remind you that everyone has that tension. And that's not, it's not about you. Don't turn that tension into something personal. But let me just say this. If you don't make the move, if you don't have the conversation, if you don't make the change, there will be a day that you will regret it. There's another story in the Bible that's quite similar in, in having to process this. It was Isaac in Genesis 26. Isaac was living in a land of famine, and, uh, and it was, a, it was a, a difficult situation, but Isaac was actually flourishing, and as you may or may not know, Abraham, his son was Isaac, Abraham Isaac. So Isaac had this covenant with God, the covenant that Abraham had, and he had a few wells, and it caused him to flourish in the midst of a famine. And, and I want to read uh, some of his story because I think there's some insight for us to, to recognize and it's kind of along the, the same lines as what I'm talking about today. Genesis uh, 26, 12, Isaac sowed in the land of famine and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. I'm just going to take this opportunity to remind you, don't 
continue to hold on to your seed because your seed creates your future. Don't understand that, that as you sow your seed, you create a future. As you eat your seed, you destroy your future. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped, while everybody else was having a famine, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich. And he continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had, he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. And I'm just going to point this out because it's just so obvious to me. And you can take it wherever you want. Both of these guys were rich. Amen. Verse 18, Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given him. And here's what I want to encourage you today, and that is this. It might be time for you to dig another well. Don't just stop at one battle or one stopped up well because the first try or the third try or the tenth try may not succeed but there is something incredible that happens when you try again what you become in the again is a powerful thing. And I want us to recognize this about wells. There's a lot of things that can happen with wells. Wells can flow with water. And when you have a well that flows with water, you just discovered something that already existed. You just tapped in to water that you didn't create. But it is true that wells can dry up. It is true, as Isaac experienced, that wells can get stopped up by an enemy. It is true that wells can be fought over. And what I'm saying to you is it can become easy to build your identity around the condition of a well when in fact that is not you, that's a well. Suzette and I were sitting out on our porch eating dinner last night and we were looking at some of the trees and how some of our trees on our property have flourished and some of the trees have not flourished. And you know, you never think that a tree is... You know, I remember as a boy, you never thought a tree has a lifespan. But the truth is, some trees do really well, some trees don't. Sometimes it's a mystery. And when you, when you realize that there are different things that can happen with wells, you can understand, I could try again. I tried to dig this well, it didn't work. But I could dig another one. 
I could try it. I dug this well. It worked for a while, but then an enemy came and stopped it up. I dug this well, and it worked for a while, but now it, it dried up. Our church, uh, which will celebrate 27 years in October, and we're excited to do that, we, when we're up to about year 15, we just kind of flourished, and everything was up and to the right, and we had our, our little incidents, you know, as church life is full of people like me and you, and just life, human, church, but we flourished as a church 15 years, and never really saw any backup in the life of our church in terms of growth or numbers or anything like that, and then we had three years that were like this staff infection from hell uh, invaded our church, and, and I mean, our church literally, there were points where I thought, we're going to unravel. This thing is, is not going to make it. it this, the possibility this could fall apart. And I tell this story because I think sometimes you could be in a position where you go, I feel like things are unraveling for me. And I, I want to be the guy to stand up and say, you can dig another well. You are not your well. And we finally, we finally got all the snakes out of the garden and took us three more years to just kind of heal up. But I'm, I'm glad to say we kept digging. We made some changes. We made some adjustments. But here's what we determined. I'm not going to build, I'm not going to get hung up on an old well. I'm not going to get hung up on a stopped well. I'm not going to get hung up on a well that the enemy, and I'm not going to build an identity out of that. We're just going to keep digging wells, and I just want to say to you, the wells are flowing. Praise God. So let me pick up the story here, Genesis 26, now verse 19. So Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water. The herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, that water's ours. So he named the well Esek because they contended with him. Esek means contention. Then they dug another well. Everybody say, dig another well. And they quarreled over it too. Dang, people are so quarrelsome. So he named it Sitna, which is translated enmity. So then he moved away from there and dug another well. And they didn't quarrel over it. Thank God. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, at last, the Lord has made room for us and we'll be fruitful in this land. I just wanted to encourage you to learn to name your wells well. Isaac, there was a well called Esek contention. Isaac could have taken the identity of contention, but he said, you know what? That's that well. It's not me. There was a well named Enmity, and he named it, and he walked away from it. I'm saying your well is not you. I'm saying some people lose a well 
And then they take on the name of loser instead of realizing you just lost a well. That doesn't make you a loser. Am I preaching this okay? Yeah, are you getting this? Thank you for the seven of you that are. Just because your well failed doesn't make you a failure. Just because you encountered a well of contention doesn't make you contentious. I know what I'm talking about. People will try to put a label on you. You'll try to put a label on yourself. And it's not really you. It's the well. Don't take on yourself the identity of a failed well. It's just a well. Don't take on yourself the identity of a stopped up well or a fought over well. Don't let that define you. Let the vision that God's given you define you. Let God's word define you. Let God's promise define you. So here he is. He's digging wells. He meets opposition. And he learns to turn away, just like Abram did with Lot. Say, we're not going to stay. I'm not going to live my life fighting. I'm not going to live my life in contention. I'm not going to live my life in enmity. That's contention. You're not going to drag me down into that. I'm here to flourish. There's a, there is a rehabuth. There is a flourishing place for me. And I'm not going to get stuck for one year, three years, five years, seven years, ten years, a lifetime at a malfunction junction fighting over some stupid well because I could dig another one. I have a great friend, pastors at church, and he had a kind of a smallish building, and um, I remember going to see in that city one time, and I saw that this little building had uh, boards all over it. Something had happened to it. So I, I asked him, I said, dude, what happened to your building? He said, an 18-wheeler, a guy fell asleep at the wheel, and drove into my building and these boards are here and but the insurance company is going to take care of fixing it so I said okay that's cool it looked terrible but I said that's okay one year later I drive by this building same exact thing and I'm going dude I said what's going on man he goes I'm waiting on the insurance company and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't have enough relationship equity to go, dude. But here's what I'm thinking. Walk away from contention and fix the darn thing. Because you're killing your church. And in fact, it did die. Because he was waiting for fair. We all want fair. 
But sometimes you just got to walk away. You got to turn the other cheek. You got to go, I'm going to dig me another well. I'm going to go, you want to go, you want to fight? You go to the right, I go to the left because I'm going to be blessed wherever I go. But I'm not going to get stuck at this malfunction junction. When we, when, when we, we met at a shopping center for, a, uh, for six, seven years, and I remember like a few years into it, I had to sign a lease, and I, I, they said, 10-year lease. And I said, I'm not going to be here 10 more years. Can we just go year by year? He goes, no, 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 10-year lease. Go, okay. So three years has gone by. We build this building, two million bucks to do this. And so, but a, another church was coming in behind me. And so I'm thinking, hey, this is cool. Another church is coming. They could pick up our lease. That, that seems fair to me. So I appeal to the owner, and I'm saying, hey, is it possible that this church who's coming in behind us could pick up the lease? I mean, they're doing exactly what we're doing, pay the lease. And he goes, nope, you got to buy the lease out. And I'm going, oh, man, come on, we're building a building. Help. No, you got to buy the lease out. So... I could, I could have fought, I could have argued. I said, you know what, $86,000 here, my God is big enough to supply, but I am not gonna hang out at a well of contention. I'm gonna move on. I, I'm not gonna fight for fair, I'm gonna trust God. And, and I, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, I know, I just, I know this is like, ooh, pastor. But I'm just saying, you, you, people may not treat you fair. Circumstances may not treat you fair. But I'm just saying to you, there is a wide open space for you. There is, let them go to the right, you go to the left, you'll be blessed. Let them go to the left, you go to the right, you'll be blessed. That well gets fought over, walk away, dig another one. There's a Rehoboth for you. There, there is a place for you. Don't get stuck at your malfunction junction. Come on. I want, I want you to keep going until you hit your Rehoboth. That's God's will for you, this broad place. God actually appeared to Isaac at Rehoboth. What move do you need to make to unlock your malfunction junction? I'm praying you have the courage. I'm praying you have the clarity to change something big. Not just change for change's sake, but you know. Time to change that schedule. Maybe it's time to adjust a relationship. Maybe it's time to make a decision, like a legit decision. It's not gonna happen by accident. Maybe it's time, quality of your choices is gonna produce the quality of your life. Time to make a change. Would you bow your heads, please, and would you close your eyes? I'd just love to pray with you. Father, as we look at all this, I know, I feel with all my heart the struggle that goes around these kind of seasons. But I know that for opening up the next chapter, for opening up the next level, believe you're speaking by your spirit to every person about the adjustment, about the change, about the please separate from me kind of move they need to make. And I am, I'm praying for grace, 
praying for mercy. I'm praying for help. I'm praying for you to be close to everyone. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, here's the big decision. Maybe you've never really put your life fully into the hands of Jesus to be the Lord of your life. That's a big decision. That's a massive move. It's not a matter of you getting your act together. It's, it's you just saying, Jesus, here I am. I need you. I want you. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to God, but you know you're not now. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you just don't feel sure about where you stand with God. Come on. The biggest decision some of us can make today, the most important decision, the biggest change, the biggest unlock of a malfunction junction in our lives would be, Jesus, I embrace you as my Lord. So nobody's looking around. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you say, Pastor, I've never really honestly given my life to Jesus I want to or you say I used to be close to him but I know I'm not now or you feel unsure you say pastor would you pray with me I'm not going to embarrass you everybody's looking down <laughs> we're all praying but if that's you I just want you to lift your hand real high and say that's me I, I need Jesus I need God bless you I need to make a change I need to open my heart is there anybody else God bless you come on I, I, need, I need the help of God. God bless you. Anybody else that just would say, yeah, me. I, uh, I need to make that change. I need to open my heart. I need, I need a turn. I need a 90 degree. I need to repent. I need to make a turn. Give my life to Christ. Is there anybody else? Because, yeah, that's me. Would you pray with me? Let's all pray together. This is for all that raised their hand, but I would like for us to all say this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today, is a new start, a fresh beginning as I receive Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord? Would you do it?